This is episode number 123 with Anil Chinabandar. Welcome to Transform Talks, the only podcast that cuts straight through the hype and noise on supply chain transformation. I'm Maria Villablanca, the CEO and co-founder of the Future Insights Network. Join me as I uncover the stories and delve deeper into the topics that really matter to you. Landmark Group, one of the largest retail and hospitality companies in India, found itself in a pretty sticky situation when lockdowns were imposed at the height of the COVID pandemic. In the absence of a robust digital strategy and abundance in unoperational brick and mortar stores, Landmark Group had to really pivot quickly for survival. In this episode, I uncover how Dr. Anil Chinabandar, the Senior Vice President of Omni Retail Planning and Supply Chain at Landmark Group in India, and his team radically transformed their supply chain in response to the dire conditions of the pandemic. Factories were shut down, stores were closed, reverse migration came into effect, consumer demands changed overnight, and an array of logistical problems arose. But Landmark Group India successfully overcame all of these challenges and more at an unprecedented pace. In this episode, I uncover how Landmark Group India embraced e-commerce, rethought its inventory management strategies, protected its leadership in the retail space, and leveraged new technology and processes to serve its customers better. Spearheading the transformation of Landmark Group India's supply chain and retail operations, won Anil the Chief Supply Chain Officer of the Year Award for the retail supply chain sector. Now I'm really excited to find out what he did and how he did it. So let's get started. Anil, thank you so much for joining us on Transform Talks with Maria Villablanca. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. I'm very glad to be here. So I have a lot of questions for you. I mean, I don't even know where to begin because you do quite a lot of different things. I love what you, you know, you and I were just talking before about demystifying, uh, you know, supply chain and digital transformation in particular, which I think is something that you can do with any level of person in supply chain. But, but I want to get started first talking about the recent transformation of your own supply chain and retail operations, which won you the Chief Supply Chain Officer of the Year Award for the retail supply chain sector. Could you maybe tell us and our audience a little bit more about how you unified your bricks and mortar and e-commerce strategies and some of the challenges you faced along the way? Absolutely, you know, Maria. First of all, I would like to you know thank uh, you and your team actually for providing this opportunity. I think uh, we've come a long way in uh, India from the supply chain and logistics management you know, point of view. Uh, we've always you know, followed, whether it's US or UK or even Australia, New Zealand and so on, where you know, uh, a lot of my time was spent actually learning some of the you know, supply chain trades and so on. So I guess India now probably is at the helm of, you know, in terms of customer potential or even customer or consumer-driven kind of a supply chain and then logistics management or even consumer-driven retail side of things. I guess we are we are really at uh, the peak of our kind of uh, uh, you know retail career, I should say, because uh, when the retail started maybe about two decades ago in India, everything was in a very nascent stage. But thanks to the advent of the e-commerce giants like Amazon's and the Flipkart's of the world, uh, the supply chain and logistics has actually taken a, a huge turbocharge. Mm-hmm. In fact, in the last probably five to eight years lot of actually good things have happened in the Indian supply chain and logistics side of things, in fact. So coming specifically to the retail, I guess in in Indian consumer point of view, I think I always actually maintained it. Customer is no more the king for the retailer in India, particularly the fashion 
which is apparel and then footwear accessories, all of these actually there's the commodities. It is not the king anymore because our customer is the lady with a smartphone in her hands. Yeah. So my customer is the queen. And right. which would very well with, you know, with the UK audience, I guess. Yeah. Because we've been having the queen for a long time, queen and queen mom, right? So that way, customer is the queen for us in literal sense in India. The reason why I say that is because it is she who rules my life. She's mm -hmm. the one who actually is almost like, you know, kind of become omniversal right now. Because she, with her phone, she can actually look for anything, she can feel for anything, and she can order anything. Whether it's a door delivery or a locker delivery, society delivery, local grocery store delivery, or pick up at the store, or she can even go to the you know high high you know high street store or even actually the malls and so on, right? So she can choose any number of things. In fact, in terms of collection or in terms of how she wants to get the product, but then we have to be ready with whatever that she needs to buy at that click of the button. Mm -hmm. If you are not ready at that stage, I've lost the sale and I lost the customer forever. Because the competition is very, very, you know, ripe and very aggressive, you know, in Indian, you know, retail space. So with that background, I guess, in Landmark Group, particularly for Max Retail, we are, a, we are probably the largest private brand in the country. And then uh, we are a value, you know, value fashion format and so on. So we actually had embarked this omni retail journey almost about four or five years ago itself. I mean, me along with another probably, you know, uh, a senior management team of around, you know, 25, 30, we actually had visited Singapore. We had come to UK and spent almost like, you know, few days in Oxford Street and everywhere, you know, in UK as well. So we had tried to learn about how the world is actually a world of retail. In fact, a retail world is in fact doing the omni journey in that sense. Mm -hmm. So we had very clearly understood that the brick and mortar and the, and the online journey has to converge at some stage or the other. However, thanks to COVID, I think that became a reality or they, that became a necessity, in fact, um, in more than one sense, you know, in a, in a very quick succession. So what happened last year, you know, end of March and then beginning of, you know, April and then on to the June, uh, May, June, Jul July and so on. I guess we had a lot of pressure on inventory holding, a lot of pressure on people managing, a lot of, you know, problems around movement of goods and services and all of that happened during wave one right so i guess there was a whole host of actually challenges for brick and mortar business in its own because people couldn't get out of their houses we couldn't open the stores inventory was stuck there whereas come june july we started getting a lot of pent-up demand actually from the households why because max is actually the darling of the young family in india i mean mm -hmm. the young with a couple of kids or with a kid actually at home, they just love us actually. They love the brand. They love the value proposition. They love the variety. They would like to really come anywhere between three to four weeks almost on a regular basis. So that was curtailed completely due to COVID. However, kids don't stop growing actually at home, right? No, kids of course not. Before you know. And then now uh, the lady of the house actually also wants to look good. I mean, earlier she used to have probably a couple of pairs of nightwear or loungewear or whatever because we were not spending much of time actually at home but covid actually pushed us to stay indoors for 24 7 but then again a fashion astute lady would always want to look you know slightly fresh you know with variety and some fashion bit at least you know a couple of times at least a day you know in fact at the, at the house itself household itself so therefore there was a lot of pent-up demand for kids wear 
lounge wear, easy wear, knit wear, or the comfort wear, whatever we call it as. I mean, that we realize because we have a large base of uh, loyal customers with us. One good thing what we did, what we did was, despite actually the COVID issues or lockdowns, we kept the engagement levels very high with our customers. We kept on actually throwing some games for the children, some quizzes for the ladies and some actually coupons or whatever. And then some, you know, information on the fashion trends and so on. So we kept them engaged right throughout the lockdown, which is what helped us. The moment actually we started slowly opening up, the demand came through like, you know, it came through the roof. So immediately, like, you know, we had to accept a lot of orders for online. And at right. that time, we realized that the online alone won't be able to service some of these orders because let's say we have actually, you know, a couple of warehouses, one in North and one in South India. Whereas, you know, we have the servicing capability across the country. But by the time, actually, I sent some stuff from my warehouse to, let's say, a, you know, a Vizag, which is 700 kilometers, you may have a lockdown in between, which means my truck can't go through that. So we actually had to come up with a, an alternate strategy, which was probably on the lines of Omni. We already mm -hmm. had looked at, we already had kind of, you know, done lots of pilots around, you know, endless aisle, which means even if the merchandise is not in that particular store, we had that in the system. So therefore, we will be able to service that customer through endless aisle concept. So similar to, you know, ordering online in the store, actually what, what was done in UK for quite a few years. We tried to convert that whole thing into kind of an integrated place of inventory holding between bricks and mortar and actually our online, you know, capability, online new capabilities in the warehouse and so on. So for which we had number of actually challenges, which we can probably cover through the session. But then uh, the challenges were definitely on the inventory front, on the people front, on actually logistics front, because we had lots of lockdowns and restrictions were there in the movement and so on. But most importantly, we had to meet the consumer, actually the demand and consumer loyalty actually aspect, because our consumers know that Max delivers it. Even mm -hmm. if there's a day's delay or a couple of days delay, they know that they're surely actually, they're for sure they'll get it actually. So that was a whole actually background to the whole thing. And it became an inevitability for us to actually to integrate both of them, uh, during which we also had to, you know, get through a lot of challenges, including the biggest of the challenges are also the tech challenge actually. Well, so you took the question, the next question right out of my mouth, which is going to be around these challenges. So you talk about people challenges, logistics challenges, all the things that you're talking about are, I think, the same thing that our audience has been facing regularly throughout the lockdown. Um, I'll throw in another one. Uncertainty, unpredictability, irrationality. You know, uh, the fact that there was no way that we could have predicted that people were going to be hoarding toilet paper at, or that you could have predicted that more people would be buying, I don't know, household stuff. I, I don't know. But so all of those things, what was the role or what challenge particularly, if you can share with us, did you have around tech? and people, if we can go into that. Right, I'll start with the tech actually. For example, I talked about you know inventory, right? We had inventory across, let's say 350 stores across the country, plus around half a dozen warehouses and so on, right? But then all those inventories were actually kept separately for those regions, for those consumptions actually. In, during COVID or you know, in post-COVID era, we actually had to, make use of that inventory because at, at one stage, the factories were closed. People were not available to produce more. And all of a sudden, the consumer trends had changed dramatically. The lady of the house did not want to wear that fashionable dress anymore. 
After mm-hmm. all, you know, after wearing, where will she go? I mean, how many pictures she can take a selfie and then post it on the social media? I mean, you do need to actually get into some parties or get into some actually get together and all that if you are really wearing that nice dress. So therefore, the trend, the trendy clothes or the fashionable clothes went through the door actually. They wanted more comfy clothes, but then lots of variety within that, lots of comfort within that, right? So we had to kind of make sure that the inventory is not wasted in any place, in fact. At the same mm-hmm. time, the demand has to be met. Therefore, one of the biggest tech challenges was to integrate that inventory and then create a common bucket of inventory, irrespective of which is a point of demand generation and which is a point of fulfillment, in fact. Irrespective of that, we had to create that common bucket of inventory for which we needed a lot of you know, tech support because we had to integrate various, in fact, uh, you know, regional buckets. And then we also had to make sure that uh, the moment actually the, the, the demand actually is generated, the, the particular inventory is locked out so that you know, we are catering to them because the worst thing that can happen is actually to disappoint customers saying that, sorry, we could not actually, it was sold. I know we, we, by mistake, we took the order. We can't afford to do that because customer will only take, you know, take us for, uh, you know, uh, you know, trust us actually once, in fact. Once you, you know, lose that trust, you know, it's very hard to get that back. So this, these were some of the challenges. So there, therefore, inventory, holding inventory display and inventory management, all of that became, you know, one big chunk, which is where we actually had to get a lot of tech support, in fact. Yeah. So single view inventory became our number one mantra in that. Mm-hmm. Similarly, after that, we also had to expand our transparency towards our partners who are our suppliers and so on on the demand side of things plus another most important part uh, maria is that you know the forecasting or the demand management or particularly forecasting has actually gone through the window quite a few years ago what is important right now is actually demand sensing capability yes able to sense the demand quickly enough and convert or, you know, prepare your backend, actually the entire backend infrastructure and then serviceability into the most agile mode. Mm-hmm. That is what is going to cut you through. One, and that, that gave you the advantage. That gave you the advantage. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ability to sense the demand because we were engaged with the customers all along and then doing this inventory, you know, like uh, turnaround and, so, you know, creating a single view inventory and then trying to make sure that Entire backend is agile, actually. So that's how we were able to actually do that. In fact, on the digital, on the on the tech side of things, right? On the people side, it was a it was actually more than a nightmare, I should say, because <laughs> most of the people. I mean, in India, you will see one common thing is you have a lot of migrant people coming from various parts of the country. Mm-hmm. You have large pool of actually uh, professionals, you know, coming from northeast of the country into southern India. And north, actually, of you know, north of the country into maybe west or even the east, you know, east parts and so on. So when the COVID hit, when the lockdown happened, people had like what you mentioned, uncertainty, right? They yeah. didn't even know they were going to get their you know salaries right, you know, they were going to get their supplies right. So they all wanted to get back into their safety huddle, which is their native places. Right. So you had a mi- back migration. Place. You had sort of like a reverse migration. migration. Reverse, reverse migration. migration in a big, big way. I mean, you would have seen some big pictures actually on railway stations and, you know, some, you know, bus depots and things like that, right? Huge, you know, amount of migration, reverse migration happened. So the moment the retail started again, where do you get the people from? I mean, we have sent buses, we have sent trains and we have sent people to actually ferry them. And there were even flight tickets offered to a lot of people actually on the factory side of things. All sorts of actually, you know, circus had to be done to get the people back into our places. 
Now, that wasn't easy either. So the second plan, what we also did was we started retraining our existing manpower. You know, mm -hmm. some of the probably semi-skilled people, we upgrade their skills, in fact. We taught them actually how to, you know, do probably higher things, you know, in the order and so on. And we also had to establish infrastructure to handle 8x or 10x of orders. You know, our orders grew by that, that actually, you know, volume. So we had to really upgrade everybody in the warehouse and then sometimes including the warehouse manager and including all of us actually went on the live production line and started packing things up so we oh, had wow. multiple things actually to kind of get the things happening and that is how we were able to actually you know uh, probably you know service the orders otherwise there is no way with a huge manpower crunch and a significant chunk of 8 to 10x actually orders in that particular period it was impossible for to do without all these things so, Anil, I mean, you describe you describe a uh, something really interesting, which is a almost like, well, obviously, like everybody else went through a crisis mentality of um, all hands on deck, creative thinking, learning to do the demand sensing, you know, really great way for everyone to come together. Right. And uh, and solve the problem. Now, here's the question. Do you see the is there an opportunity to, you know, as the COVID pandemic winds down a little bit to keep some of those initiatives within the new world? Or do you think things will go back to the old way of doing things? I mean, what's your thinking there? Um, Maria, actually, it's a, it's a very, very, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, probing question, you know. For example, I mean, one thing I, I probably, you know, I should have mentioned it earlier itself. One of the key things that cut the landmark group across or the, you know, Max or lifestyle easy by all of those are formats, right? What did really cut us through is our excellent rapport with our partners, mm -hmm. the suppliers and the factories and the 3PL, that's a, a third party logistics service providers and all of them. Fortunately, Landmark Group has been practicing a very close relationship with all these guys for the last probably four, four, five decades, in fact be it our Dubai or UAE operations or actually our India operations, Southeast Asia and all that, we've always kept a very close actual relationship with our vendors, in fact, and suppliers. You'll be you know, glad to know that during COVID, we ended up actually supplying a lot of ration actually to the factory suppliers and warehouse operators and so on. And we also extended the, some of the line of credit and other things actually to the vendors while lot of international retailers abandoned actually the factories in fact in India, abandoned yeah. the factories in Bangladesh, abandoned the you know factories you know worldwide across, right? Therefore, there was a lot of actually mutual understanding, mutual respect actually between our partners and then us in fact. So we did not abandon them at any stage. We did not even cancel a single piece of order. I mean, wow. we, actually, we get in fact millions of pieces on a yearly basis. So we did not even cancel a single piece of order actually with any of our vendors. All we said was, okay, let us look at actually what's the demand situation right now. Do you need to make something else? Or do you need to actually, you know, can you help us actually converting into something else? So those are some of the very, very key things that we did, which means we always actually had an upper hand in terms of when we wanted to start back, our partners were ready, even with the minimal manpower, they had it, they had us as a top priority. So we they were able to do us. Now, going forward in the new normal. All the new normal has actually taught us, Maria, is to be as efficient and as agile and as thin as possible, right? And now it has also made us, it has also kind of forced us to become more transparent. Like, you yeah. know, I'm not 
maybe i was actually sharing my plans on a weekly basis quarter sorry monthly basis and quarterly basis now i think i'll share with them actually even weekly or even bi weekly basis in fact so that is a kind of a, a change that has happened because of the new normal and then also people are again landmark group was one of the very few companies in fact we you know made sure that all our employees were actually looked after yeah all our employees were looked after and even in the second year for example that just the current year also we not only made sure that the variable pay which is a huge uh, you know significant chunk in this country that was paid out and also a decent amount of you know increments were paid because it's unlike in uk and then the western world the increment or actually the every yearly increment is actually quite a bit of a uh, you know a quite a bit of a bonus for people in this country i mean it is nowhere the 3% or 4% or 5% what happens in the western world it's actually in double digits here right is it really so, okay yeah yeah so it's it's a double digit and also you know there are and currently we are having a you know serious crunch of manpower talented man, talented uh, you know people also skilled manpower as well so even in that sense we were able to actually hold on to some of them so we already have a good culture in the place which is what is going to put us probably in a better position in the new normal that's what is going to probably win us what are you excited about what do you uh, what do you think the future holds well i think the future is actually you know like it's it's probably you know it's more exciting because consumer is changing by the hour not even a day you know she is changing by the hour and then she is making the choices like that and then social media is very very vibrant and then the 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 digital world is also kind of cut short the entire journey of the consumer journey right from let's say you know uh, your farm to the shelves or whatever you know that journey and there is no patience for most of the customer particularly in india i mean even if that delivery is actually late by few hours you know she will cancel the order yeah and you know there are some some things actually which probably the western world won't actually realize in india there are some actually some unique features that are given by the retailers actually one is called try before you buy so maria can order a small a medium and a large actually you oh, know wow. the top right so that plays that plays heavily with your inventory you know yeah. and your and management then, and if i'm lucky you will end up buying one of them or you can return all three of them no cost to you wow wow so all such things you know i i mean i sometimes i say we have spoiled the customer to the brim so i say <laughs> that sometimes you know so that means the excitement is actually maria it's a new world and then i think consumer is changing by the day and we also have a lot of pressure on the inventory holding because new norm has taught us not to hold any inventory you know yeah. rather you would cut the manufacturing time to the to the minimum and then start supplying that rather than holding any inventory so all these things actually would definitely make the supply chain you know most exciting but the top most thing what i'm really excited is today the boardroom discussion start with supply chain which was never the case before in the boardroom i i, I 100% agree with you this has been a huge opportunity for supply chain correct. i i think companies will live or die by the strength of their supply chain correct correct absolutely right so i guess you know that is what excites me really and then supply chain has definitely come to the forefront my consumer knows what is pick pack and ship she knows what's an sla she knows what's a tat therefore i can't hide all i have to do is excel in my work actually that's the only way to survive anil i want to thank you for being here i want to thank you for contributing uh, and and telling us your story and telling us you know the excellent work that you've been doing during this really turbulent disruptive time so you're an example to us all so i appreciate you being here i'm i'm really really happy actually for the for the session and the opportunity in fact maria and once again you know thanks uh, to the you know transform team in fact and then uh, you as well 
and i hope actually you know uh, this was uh, this would be actually of uh, some interest to our audience and then uh, we'll be able to you know do more uh, things in a similar way i think so too thank you so much thanks for joining us today at transform talks i hope you found this valuable in the meantime don't forget to subscribe comment and share i'll see you at the next one